Welcome to the 26th edition of Make Pro Wrestling Majestic again. I am Tiger Height. And I am your new Majestic Champion of the World, Peter Keller. He pretty much butchered everybody in that whole entire thing. So, before we get into our little segments, let's talk about Triple A's Heroes Immortal 2021. Hooray! So, we're going to start out with our, our Copa... Antonio Pena, the Antonio Pena Cup. The participants are Aerostar, Black Mamba or Mamba, Sexy Star 2, Volano the Third Jr., Toxin, Kira, Arnjeres, Ariz, and Pimpinella Escarata. This match was a mess. It was. Um, here's the thing. We're entirely like the most familiar with the style because what I saw online when I was doing my uh, when I was doing like my research for uh, wrestling lesson, that people thought that this was the most organized Copa Antonio Pena that they've seen in a long time. Okay, so, uh, very interesting on that. Uh-huh. But um, Pimpinella <clears throat> did win. Yeah. But also he made history. He is the first ever superstar to win Copa Antonio Pena twice. Ah. No other person has won it twice nice. other than her. Yeah. So. Let's go to Podor uh, del Norte taking on NGD. This was a fun little trios match. Yeah, it was. It was okay. It was nothing, a trios match. Right. Nothing. Nothing too flashy. Right. Um. It felt like a fight. It felt yeah. like they were trying to beat each other up. Right. And I think it was, that was very. Great. It was very back and forth. They really gave a lot of time to the match. More time than I expected mm-hmm. for that trios match. But they made the most of it. Oh yeah. And there was really and if everything flowed really nicely too. Yeah. And that's what I really liked. And I think that's why this right. didn't. It didn't feel like a slog because it didn't feel like oh my god a bunch of mistakes or oh it's an obvious setup it felt like it felt like a fight and they right. it was that really cool slingshot cannonball that NGD is doing now for the yeah, win yeah absolutely so really cool oh god this match was a million miles an hour from the word go it was awesome yeah. but it was a million miles an hour Lucha Brothers taking on Laredo Kid and EO Del Vikingo for the Triple A World Tag Team Champions holy crap this match was great right um, can these two just not? Right. And also, there was one spot that I really wanted to talk about because people were really worried about it. Uh, the Kingo is fine. Mm-hmm. He took this. He went from the top rope. Right. Slingshot over the se- to the second rope. Did a, somehow did a somersault. Right. Going backwards. He hit Pentagon. Hit his head on the barricade. Right. The um, there was obviously the trainer and stuff making sure he was okay because he slammed into this barricade. Yep. Oh, and then he was fine and just got up and did moves. It's like, <laughs> how hasn't anybody picked this guy up? Right. I mean, seriously, he is just. I mean, I love everybody in this match, but yeah. Vikingo is just so out of this world great. It was the assisted cradle pile driver for Lucha Brothers to retain, which I was shocked about, actually. I'm yeah. not sure how I feel about the Lucha Brothers still with the Triple A World Tag Team Champions, but obviously they're making it work. Yeah. Um, this was the match of the night for me. Oh, yeah. By, like, a mile. Oh, yeah. But absolutely. this does not take away from the main event. Right. Which was La Empresa versus Los Psycho Circus in a steel cage match. Also, uh, the other matches that were on this card, they were taped beforehand, and they were going to be posted to the 
Lucha Libre show that will be coming up in the next coming days. But since we did predictions on them because they promoted it yeah. as such, we had to do it. Mm-hmm. The one of the participants for Low Psycho Circus, which was Murder Clown, yeah. was taken out of the match. So Dave the Clown was brought in, and nobody liked this decision. No. Apparently, Dave the Clown sucks ass. Yeah, so. he's, he's terrible. And yeah, it was totally awful. But I love La Impresa. They are so cool. And yep. they get booed very loudly. Like, people do not like these guys. And them winning, it was, holy crap, I've never heard that kind of a reaction. Right. <laughs> um, it, but here's the thing. Um, usually, I do not like these hardcore matches. And usually, especially with Lucha Libre, it's a mess. Yeah. This felt organized. I actually really liked this. And it all- did. It felt organized. And I liked the way in which the team won the match and mm-hmm. how they... It was not It was not just them winning the match. It was the humiliation of the Psycho Circus. Right. So everyone's getting behind the Psycho Circus. And Corey Graves' brother and company look like the mega heels that right. they deserve to be. They don't even need to go for the title. Right. This they, is just... They don't need the trios champions. Right. It's like with Psycho Circus. Right. Does Psycho Circus really need titles? No. Right. No. They're too popular. So it, it was a great ending to the show. I will definitely give like the whole night a thumbs up because I got more out. I got more enjoyment out of it than anything. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But here's the one problem I did not like. Not, have the whole card on the on the right. show. The, I don't know why they took out like a bunch of really great matches, and they had some. They had psychosis return to this company. Right. Oh, um, speaking of returns and comebacks, so during the tag team title match, I don't know why we didn't talk about this. Dragon Lee and the original Mystico came out. He yep. is now going to be known as uh, Dragistico. Oh Jesus! Because he was he was Caristico, right? He was Mystico, Sincara, and now he's Dra- Dragistico. Dragistico, and they're obviously gonna promote. They're obviously building for a Lucha Brothers and Dragon Lee and Dra- uh, Dragistico match, match down the road. Right. Awesome! I can't wait for that. That's oh, yeah. gonna be awesome. But really, that was the that was the whole show. What do you give it? Thumbs up? Thumbs it's, down? It was fine. It was fine. Thumbs yeah. in the middle. Just kind of wish there were more matches. Yeah, pretty much. So, when we come back... I mean, that was the end of the review. So, when we come back, Pina Gallery. What are we talking about? Well, we are going to be doing another booking style segment. For uh, Antonio Pena. Or, or, I guess now it's Joaquin Roldan and Marcella Pena. Yes. Yes. So, we will return for that. Yes. So, we are back, Pina Gallery. What are we talking about? Well, we're going to talk about the booking styles of Joaquin Roldan and Maricela Pena. Now, for those of you who don't know who these two are, uh, Maricela Pena is Antonio Pena's sister and yes. is also the urn carrier. She's like the pallbearer of... And that's his actual urn, and I think we've said it a couple of times that that was his wife. No, that's, no, his, that's sister. his sister. And then Joaquin Roldan, I believe, is a brother-in-law. Yes. Who is the current director, managing director of Triple And then his son also runs the day-to-day operation. Right. So we're talking about, I guess, the Pena family, because right. that's really what Tripla A is. Right, and Marcella, Marcella is the financial backer for the right. company. Right. I don't know how she got as a state, but whatever. So 
anyways, we're going to move forward here, and we're going to talk a little bit about the Pena family and their involvement with AAA. Obviously, they are AAA. There's no denying that they are essentially this entire promotion. Right. Like, this promotion would not exist without them. Right. And I talked about this earlier in the, in the CMLL Booking Styles episode, that Antonio Pena used to be a had, we used to be a booker, not the head booker. He's part of the booking committee for CMLL. Right. Unhappy with the direction in which the company was going, he decided in 1993 to break off and form his own wrestling promotion known as uh, Asuncia Asuncion or something, yeah, like, something that. like that. Yeah, something like that. Or Triple A. We're going to call it Lucha Libre Triple A or just Triple A. Um, and we really can't talk about the booking style of this promotion without talking about CMLL because they really went out of their way to not be like CMLL. Right. From the get-go. CMLL really focuses a lot of the stuff on the older wrestlers. And so the challenge for Antonio Pena was, how are you going to compete on the international or even the national stage Against with, CMLL. With this tradition. CMLL is a household name at this point. Right. <laughs> but not only that, because there's so much history and tradition that goes along with Mexican professional wrestling. How can you get a, a uh, wrestling promotion in Mexico to be successful outside of Mexico? And this has always been a challenge for any Mexican promotion because of the historical aspects of of, of just Lucha Libre in general, which right. I, of course, talked about way long back. Um, it wasn't that long back. It was right. a couple of weeks ago. But I think, I and, and like I said, this has just been a balancing act for Triple A from right. the very get-go. And I think that they, they do it right. And here's some of the ways in which I do it right. So I think one of the most notable examples of CMLL trying to do outreach within the American market is the introduction of a baby little promotion called Lucha Underground. Yes. And this is just one of many examples in which Triple uh, A tries to do outreach to a market that is not used it to... It wasn't their first. He um, Pena, Pena worked with McMahon back yep. in the day, back in the early 90s. He did. He also worked with, uh, he also worked with other promotions. And then he also works with New Japan, right. too. And, and so... Um, you know, I, I think that there's a lot of, of this cross-promotion. This really was kind of spearheaded by Mexico and Japan to a lesser extent. But I think Mexico is the one that benefits the most from it because it exposes these stars to a new class of, of athleticism, but also to a new audience. Right. And so the audience is encouraged to then go back and watch Lucha Libre Wrestling because they see the stars that come out and perform. Right, and you're seeing that now with right. the Lucha Brothers being so predominantly featured. And CMLL, don't get me wrong, CMLL has done that sort of cross-promotion thing for a long time. They've had partnerships with various Japanese promotions. They've had partnerships with WCW back in the 90s. But the reason I want to talk about Lucha Underground specifically is because I think that Lucha Underground is the first attempt to where they actually desire to create an American Lucha promotion. Right. To blend in some of the American 
styles, storylines with the traditional Mexican lore and culture. Right. Um, and I really think that something like Lucha Underground, at least for our generation, really introduced a lot of us to Lucha Libre professional wrestling. Right. It really did. Now, Lucha, now Lucha Underground was obviously very different because they took more of a televised thing and really focused on that lore. It was, it was very much a cinematic approach, but it was a... Promotion. It was a. It was an American wrestling promotion. I think. I think we did like a huge breakdown of Lucha Underground. Like, oh god, what was that? A year and a half ago. Go right. ahead. And, go ahead and listen but, to that. That was a really good episode. About the booking styles, because this was Antonio Pena's brainchild as well. In addition to. Well, I mean, this was after he died. He died right. in two thousand six. But, but it was his desire to bring about this American right. style promotion, and only after it was picked up by Mark Burnett and had the backers of El Rey Network was it able. To that come to fruition. Right. So you see a lot of that, That um, you see a lot of Antonio Pena's sort of hands on this project. But let's talk about AAA going to America in general because this is also another trend, obviously before the pandemic, that was very well received. And let's talk about Lucha and Bates New York, Lucha and Bates Los Angeles. Um, you know, they did these various super shows with other promotions in well-known arenas for the purpose of trying to bring the lucha style of wrestling to an American audience. Right. This is something that's this is very similar to what NJPW is doing right now as well with bringing some of their super shows to an American audience. Right. And we're seeing a bunch of those now with um, the showdown in Pennsylvania that's coming up next week. And they also had like a bunch of other ones. But I see what you're getting here. I mean, it's like. I mean, I, I remember these. These were super popular. This was even before um, right. AEW really had their feet in the water as it relates to pro wrestling, too. And so I think that these sorts of tactics highlight what the Pena family's vision of Lucha Libre is. Obviously, it was put on hold, but as soon as... Um, the classification of what's happening now is no longer a pandemic. We're going to be seeing this again. Yeah, this is not going away. Actually, it's going to be bolstered because the relationship between them and AEW is so strong now, right. and also AEW is so much bigger now too. Right. Now, um, let's talk about some of the things that differentiates, I guess, uh, a lot of the um, a lot of the Pena family stuff from CMLL. Let's talk a little bit about this cross promotional branding, um, and we're seeing that with stars such as Deanna Perrazzo, with Kenny Omega, with the Lucha Brothers, where they're bringing these international stars to Mexico to right. perform in front of Mexican audiences now. Or, or, or vice versa, or with, vice versa. Or with a Laredo kid going to Impact, with the Lucha Brothers, who were on Triple A first. Yep, who are signed to AEW. But, um, but, well, they, they came from Triple A. But I want to talk about this, because I think specifically, this is where Triple A, I think, does better than any other Mexican wrestling promotion, is bringing stars from the United States or Japan to Mexico. Mm -hmm. And again, CMLL has done that for such a long time, so we can't discount the fact that CML has that tradition. Right. But when you think about the modern day and age, you don't think about CMLL bringing these stars in. You think about it's AAA. A, right. It's a lot more prominent with AAA, with CMLL. See, the thing is, CMLLs, I think they're booking and they're very 
stringent about how they're booked. And they're very stringent with who comes they, in, with who they book it to. Right. And, and I think that that's to their detriment because the Mexican style is so much different in terms of its history and tradition than any other style of wrestling that I know. None other. There's, there's no other style that's stayed so similar and yet evolved outside of the promotion because right. all all like the super indie stuff that they were doing, Mexico's been doing that for 15 years. Right. Um, and, you know, and like, and like I said, you can talk about traditional styles of wrestling in Japan and the United States, but I think they, they gel a lot better in different cultures than Mexican style wrestling does. Right. Just because... Uh, audiences in other parts of the world will not understand the history and the tradition that goes along with Lucha Libre. Right. So, um, you know, like I said, I think that one of the key things that we can take away from Triple A's booking style is a balancing act. Mm -hmm. And they're balancing themselves between the traditionalists and trying to do mainstream stuff. And, right, and Tripla Oz more so of that let's try it and see what happens approach is really helping them. I mean, Deanna Peraza winning their main champion, a wrestler that's not even signed to that company, this would never happen with uh, CMLL. No, CMLL would want that person signed to the company. Right, like as a full-time basis. They would not do this. No matter who it was, Deanna Peraza could go there and try to go for right. their women's champion. It, right. it, it just won't happen. Right. So... I mean, they can, she can go for it, but she will never win it. Right. CMLL is oh, comfortable with this because it's clearly worked with the Lucha Brothers and Kenny Omega. Right. Might as well do it with the hottest woman wrestling with Deanna Perrazzo. And these are just examples. Right. And, and you know, like I said, I think, I think it's just trying to figure out what works. And I think that that's what the Pena family has always been known for is like, mm -hmm. hey, I want to do something different. Let's see what happens. Right. We do this. Let's see what happens. But that, but that was Antonio that. Pena's whole philosophy. Push the younger stars. Let's see what happens. And that's why he was so frustrated in CMLL. Yeah. It all ties into his booking style. Right. And I think, and, and you know, before I end my segment here, I do want to mention that I think that CMLL as a promotion, is starting to respond to it in quite an interesting way. And the reason I say that is because if you watch CMLL shows recently, you can tell that they're starting to they're starting to kind of get out of that shell a little bit. Yep. I think they got a little bit of that penny buck. That little well, like, they, they have to, or else they won't survive. Right. That little bit of ooh, let's push a younger star. Let's let's push a younger star. I mean, he's not that much younger, but you know what I mean. They're right. they're trying to bring in the new new generation because the thing is, is that Triple A has become so popular that people are jumping ship from CMLL to Triple A. Right. NGD jumped ship from CMLL to Triple A. Right. Like that happens. And they're not even signed with them full time. But the point is, is that they're wrestling for them. They're wrestling for them. They're not wrestling for. CMLL anymore. Right. Because I'm pretty sure they had the same frustrations. Mm -hmm. they're, they're not, not being pushed, pushed in the right way. way. Right. So, in, in looking at their, in, in looking, I guess, in conclusion, you know, we can say that Mexican wrestling in general is going through not an identity crisis. They're going through a balancing act. They know what their identity is. But, but now they, they want, want to translate, translate that to a world that is not quite familiar with the same history and tradition right. of Mexican wrestling, but still deliver for audiences 
in a fresh way that helps them gain exposure and brings them into the future along with every other wrestling promotion that is putting that effort out there. Right. Do you have anything else to add? No, I don't. I think that really broke it down quite nicely. Okay. Well, when we come back, we are going to have a wrestling lesson with Tiger Heights. Yep, and we're going to talk about the entire history, at least to what it is, of um, Heroes Immortal. Nice.
All right, we are back, and I wanted to talk about the history of Triple Oz. I would say kind of their SummerSlam version of that promotion, which is Hudos Immortal. It hasn't been around for long in conjunction with any other promotions, pay-per-views like that, but they signify this as a very, very important thing because, well, number one, it's right after Triple Mania. This is pretty much the show right after Triple Mania. Right. But also, it gives the tribute to Antonio Pena. So the founder of the promotion, Antonio Pena, passed away by a heart attack on October 5th, 2006. Following Pena's death, his sister, who we see on television constantly. Oh, fun fact. So look at this. So it's Tantonio Pena. And look at that baby face McMahon. <laughs> so, and I actually think they, I think he actually did do a press release about Pena when he passed away in 2006. I do remember that. Um, so she, the sister, um, Marcella Pena, manages Triple A financially. She has a background in financials, so that's why she's pretty much a, a person right. who does that. While Pena's brother-in-law, Joaquin Rodon, and his son, Darian Rodon Pena, serve as the operational managers on the day-to-day -day stuff. Right. The anniversary of his death, these individuals put on the homage a Antonio Pena or the Antonio Pena Memorial Show. This was named, the name was changed two years after to what we know now as Heroes Immortal, mm -hmm. which is Immortal Heroes in Spanish. The, the show usually happens early to mid-October, but the 2009 show happened on September 26th, and the 2018 show happened on October 28th. But for the most part, they're right in between October 1st and October 15th, right. kind of around that area. So let's talk about the flagship match of this show. There is no other time that the Copa Antonio Pena match happens. This does not guarantee a person who wins Copa Antonio Pena anything. Right. You it's just, just win. It's, it's just a title. Or it's, it's just the trophy. It's just a trophy. And <laughs> it's basically negated right after, and then there's a new crop of people. Now, when the person, whoever wins this, there have been a few cases where that individual has gone for the Triple A Mega Champion, or this is basically where they push the person, like Copa Triple Mania. But this one is for the tribute to somebody like this. Now, like I said... Um, Pimpinella Escaraza won this uh, won this trophy twice. The first and only star to ever win this more than once. And they generally pick... I think there's only been a couple of instances where the fans could choose who were in this match. But other than that, they do it based on how popular they are. And also, just kind of people who they're not using for the most part. Right. This match is not a set-in-stone match. The original match was a gauntlet match. Then they switched it to Battle Royals. There was a Tornedio Cosadayox, which I think is like a tor is basically what it was earlier. I think it's a Lucha Libre version of a um, Battle Royal. Right. Not sure how that works. Maybe we'll cover that later. There was one. It was a four-way elimination match. 
And then there was one, it was a eight-man lumberjack elimination match. Okay. So uh, Copa Antonio Pena is more so of the homage to Antonio Pena than it is the actual match. Right. I think now they're doing more Battle Royal-esque stuff, and uh, their Battle Royals are very different because it's very similar to the multi-man Lucha Libres where you get hit with a big move, you roll out of the ring, another person comes in, and then they do it in elimination style where you can be pinned right. or submitted. The first show was in, you know, obviously in 2000, uh, 2006 when he passed away. Yeah. And, you know, there we go. So the main event, they had six matches on this card. and It was main evented by a Domo de la Muerte cage match between La Legion Extrahija, which is Ambroso Negro, Electroshock, and El Zorro, mm -hmm. taking on Chessman... Um, Cupertesco, you'll know quite a bit after this, and El Infotable. I'm butchering these immensely. I know you are. I'm just going to let you butcher them. Okay. Um, and so what this match was, you, the last person in this cage, because it was a cage match, had to be shaved ball. Um, Chessman lost, so Chessman had to um, get his head shaved. The first Copa Antonio Pena match was won by Charlie Manson. That was his name. Okay. <laughs> uh, very interesting name. I think now he wrestles for CMLL, actually, because he's a lot older. I think he was born in 1969. And the match was a gauntlet-style match, and it was like an hour and one minute long because it was a gauntlet match. I think there were like 12 people involved. So kind of an interesting um, format there. Right. That's a, that's a long-ass match, by the way. Right. The first show that was called Heroes Immortalis was the third event in 2009. In 2011, the first two shows were officially changed to Heroes Immortal 1 and Heroes Immortal 2. But in pretty much everybody else's mind, they were not changed. They were called the homage at Antonio Pena right. for the first two. That's a house settling. <laughs> um, this match had this the Heroes Immortal 3, they actually called it Heroes Immortal 3, even though it was the first Heroes Immortal at that point. Had seven matches on the card. Um, Carbantico, I butcher that once again, won Copa Antonio Pena by winning a 12-man battle royal, and it was main evented by Dr. Wagner Jr. defending the AAA Mega Champion against El Macias, yeah. who won Copa Antonio Pena the year prior. Nice. So they actually tried to have the person who won Copa Triple Mania win the next right. big match, but they lost it immediately because Dr. Wagner Jr. retained the championship. Also, this was the logo for it, so, you know, right. cool. So Antonio Pena's face was always a mainstay with this because it basically was a jerk-off sesh for him. Right. In 2011 and in 2012, it was weird because they always numbered Heroes Immortalis as Roman numerals. Right. This was, there were only two years where they never did that. And that was in 2011, which is the poster that you see here. And they worked closely with TNA because you see Sting in the poster there. Mm -hmm. And also, I believe at this point, um, we had Judas Macias on uh, TNA. Yeah. Was that 2011? No, that was like 2009. Yeah, sorry. that was something, something like that. that. Um, the first, these, let's try that again. So, 2011 show had seven matches main evented by Masks versus Hairs, 
six-man tag team steel cage match between <laughs> between Los Psycho Circus, which was represented by Monster Clown, Murder Clown, and Psycho Clown. Just to no, really age how long these three have been in this promotion. Right. Um, and they took on Los Perros del Mal, uh, Demenon 666, uh, Halloween, and Nico El Minario. And I think that was, I was obviously won by Los Psychos Rookies. Right. Because they have not taken off their masks. They were ripped to shreds, but never taken off. Electroshook won the Copa Triple, um, the Copa Antonio Pena. I almost said Copa Triple Pena. Me? <laughs> so 2012's Copa, or um, Hiros Immortal, which is the one that you see here, had six matches main evented by a Domo de la Muerte hair versus hair Lucha de Apuestas match with Jack Evans, La Secta Brasilia Kimbanica, I butchered that immensely, whatever. Not even to try to pronounce the people in the match. Um, versus Los Perros del Mar, Halloween, El Hijo del Perro Agoyo, and Psychos or Psychosis and Teddy Hart was actually in this promotion at this time. And if you're wondering, El Hijo del Perro Agoyo was um, Perro Agoyo Jr., the one that was killed by Rey Mysterio. And Halloween lost his hair due to, due, um, to Dark Cueval. And the winner of Copa Antonio Pena was El Tejano Jr. But this was the only year that this was stripped because... Uh, Tejano Jr. won with a low blow, and they try to keep that traditional thing going along with that. Right. Now, I don't have a picture for this because I could not find it, but there was one time that a championship was awarded to the winner of Copa Triple Mania. That was in 2011 with the vacant Tripla A Latin American champion, and that was won by, um, uh, oh God, what's his name? Phantasma. Right. Elio de Phantasma. There we go. Yes. Wow, my wow. brain broke there. So, and I also don't have the other one for this one, but I feel like we I should not have to explain why there was no um, Hiros Immortal in 2020. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't think, I don't think you, have you have to explain, to explain that. <laughs> but um, that was kind of like some highlights of the very brief but still very illustrious history of this promotion, but it really signifies not only... Um, a very large event along, uh, with Triple A, but their their um, their their emphasis on history and also their homage to the person who started the promotion, Antonio Pena. But also, um, if there's a if there's a tribute show that is very recurring, and actually CMLL does this quite a bit, except they do it with the buildings that they're in. Uh, they do it for people, like they do with obviously Antonio Pena right. here. So. Uh, Pina Gallery, do you have anything else to add? I have add all the commentary I need to add. All right. So when we come back, we will not only make Tripla A and Hiro's Immortal Majestic again, but Pro Wrestling Majestic again. We are back, and let's make this shit majestic again. So before we even get into the Can show, they have all the advertised matches on the show. Thank you. That's what, exactly what I was going to say. Four matches was not enough. I felt like we were missing a lot of contacts. And then they also changed the poster like very last minute. Because, and that was really annoying because I'm like, uh, what's going on here? 
um, here's on one thing. So I do not mind the Copa Antonio Pena match. I no, think I don't, I don't mind that, that being, being the first, first match either. either. Right, it's, good. it's, it's a, a clusterfuck match, match of the night. Just, just get, get over with. with. That's I wish I wish it was a little more organized. Yeah. Um, a little bit of craziness. I think the right person won because Pimpinella got one of the biggest pops of the night. Um, he is so over. Yeah. I can't believe he's on the main event scene. Well, well for obvious reasons, he's right. not. He's like Santino Morella. Really popular, but not main event. Not, 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 not the type of gimmick that's, that's kind of that serious, serious main event. Pimpinella also does not need a championship. He's too popular like now. He doesn't need to bolster a title. Right. He's, he's too popular. So I did not particularly mind it. I wish it was a little more organized. I think maybe more of a battle royal esque or a gauntlet would have fit this a yeah, little bit a better. Yeah, a little bit better. Yeah. Um, that's just me personally speaking. But you know, this is still I'm still somewhat ignorant of the traditions of lucha libre. Yeah. We'll get we'll get into <laughs> to it. Right. Um, the Puerto del Norte NGD match. Honestly, I kind of wish there was a video package that really bolstered that because they really promoted this match quite a bit on um, Triple A's regular television program. Yep. And I really wish they emphasized that a little bit more for, I mean, we're not the audience for it, but for the audience that does not watch the regular basis show. Right. That's one thing that WWE really um, has a strength on is that you get the match immediately because they have the promos right, or right. they have the little video packages, right, which right. are always great. Oh, God, I could not do anything differently with Lucha Brothers versus Laredo Kid and Elio Del Vikingo. Yeah, yeah can, can we, we just, just like, like, not change anything with that match? I would not change a damn thing with this. I know, I'm sorry. This is a little bit of a shorter um, Make Pro Wrestling Majestic again, but when you have four matches and some of them are actually really good, yeah. it's kind of hard to really bolster this. Right. right. Um, and then La Impresa and Los Psycho Surquis... <sighs> They, I thought they actually told a decent story with, um, yeah, they did. with, with Dave, with Dave the Clown, mm -hmm. but at the same time, I kind of wish he did not look like a total fucking geek. I, I, I kind of, I kind of understood the gist of this because you know, Low Psycho Circus is the established versus the newbies that come in and just respect everything that they're that, they're the, the CMLL group that yeah. they're like the CMLL group, but they're not the CMLL group, and it's really good. Yeah. Um. It, I, it actually, they actually did tell a great story beforehand. I kind of understood, and the match just made it so much better. Right. Because. I think I think there was actually some very decent storytelling being. Done I thought there was match. too. I I got it. It was very simple to you can, understand. You can tell, like, okay, there's a lot of disrespect because they're tearing the masks off. Right, and also, you know, a pillage and bloody match like this in the steel cage it made sense. Yeah, I kind of wish this match was at Triple Mania. Not the one before, right. honestly. I feel like this one would have been a lot more organized well, than this, that. This is cluster They're going to have a rematch. You know that they're. Oh, I know, I know. But at the same time, you know, they had three. They had like three really good matches that they totally took out of the equation of this show, and one of them had Chessman and Pagano in the same match. Why did you take that off? Right. I'm pretty, I don't know. Right. I'm pretty sure this would have been good for pay per view. Yeah. It would have made it a little bit longer, but once again. It, you already promoted these as the card for right. Hidosi Mortal. Don't change it. You're right. not Mr. McMahon. You're Antonio Pena. Right. So, <laughs> um, I think that's all I have to say. So, Peanut Gallery, what are we doing next week since we don't have any shows? I have no idea. So, we have one or two things that I haven't decided which one to do and yet. And we'll make that announcement later. We will. So, remember to like, follow, subscribe to the channels, share it with your friends, become a patron for really cool stuff, um, merch 
will be released, I'm hoping soon. I know I keep saying that, but I just haven't gone around to it. I'll get to it. We will definitely have red hats. But as always, be majestic.